and welcome to the Raw Conversations Exploring the Unspoken Realities podcast. I am your host, Mirna Rivera, so let's get to it. Happy Wednesday, everybody. How is everyone doing today? I am super excited because I have one of my coaching besties here, if not the only coaching bestie, because Allie is no longer a coach. <laughs> so um, Kelsey's here with us today to talk about boundaries, and I am going to send it over to her so that she can introduce herself. Hello. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Uh, yes, my name is Kelsey. I am a workplace well-being coach and consultant. I'm a former therapist, but first I am a mom to a four-year-old. I'm an active duty military spouse. I have two fluffy dogs, all the things, Oregon native. Hopefully we make our way back there at some point. But for now, I am running my business, enjoying whatever the ride is for military life life and helping people be their best selves at work lots of waiting around that huh the military yeah. spouse life <laughs> yes for sure for sure i love what she does and the way she explains herself um it's a little bit different than how i do things so that's why i love the dynamic between us um but today we're going to talk about boundaries and how to implement them effectively if that makes sense because i've asked a lot of people what boundaries are like when i coach and when i have conversations with them and they're like oh yeah i have a boundary and i was like can you do you, so what's the boundary and they're like well as soon as they do that i tell them to stop <laughs> yeah. I was like oh well is that that's typically where the boundary begins and ends so for you what do you, what is your definition of a boundary? How about that? I'm actually going to pull from, and I might say her name wrong, but I want to give her credit. Uh, her name's, she's the boundary lady. Like she wrote yeah. the book Boundaries, um, Nedra mm. Glover. I think it's Tawab. I might, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, maybe you can link it. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I was going to ask for the title of the book so we can link it. But she's great. And what she says a boundary is, is an expression of communication. And... It is, so when I kind of expand on that a little bit, I think about boundaries as a way to communicate your values. And it's truly something like what someone can expect from you, not what you expect them to do. You see what I said this conversation was going to be interesting and that's where it all begins because that's a great definition of a boundary and a great explanation of a boundary, um, especially when it comes to that last piece that you said say that again so they can hear it really well an expression of what they can expect from you and not what you expect of them right because a lot of people think that a boundary is set around i'm going to set this boundary and you're going to do as i say basically to control other people's behavior and not knowing that that's what they're doing and sometimes they do know but it's it's a little it's a little um, blurred line. It takes um, self-awareness. So. Yep. I love the word awareness, self-awareness. For me, I have, um, I have it down as a request you make of another human, possibly to change the behavior that they're expressing towards you at the time. Um, I like to use the example of yelling, you know, um, 
and also the boundary does that comes with a consequence to end that. But um, you don't go around telling people not to yell at you. Somebody yelled at you, then you say, hey, you're yelling at me. I noticed that you were yelling during this conversation, X, Y, Z. Um, so that's my interpretation, my definition of a, a boundary. It is a request that you make of a human when they don't honor your request, there comes a consequence. That's the other part of the equation that some people forget. So I want to ask you, um, considering that boundaries are so amazing and they help establish better relationships, whether it's with your significant other, your family, or the workplace, why are they so difficult to implement? Why do you think that happens? I think primarily because they're so intangible a lot of times. So when I teach boundaries to people for work-related things specifically, we categorize them in three areas. So an expression of expectations, which is like, if you continue yelling at me, like you can expect that I like I will leave the room or like I will have to remove myself from that conversation. That's an expression of expectations. You also have emotional boundaries. So these are the things that kind of exist within your own brain that you maybe never communicate to someone else. But for you, it is like an internal like self boundary. For example, you can't seem to shut it off after work, even though you're no longer there. Like that's not up to anyone else but you and that would be something like i'm not allowing myself to think about this right now you know like going through the, all of those like cognitive and like mindset tools to help you create boundaries within your emotions or thoughts around things especially when they're particularly unhelpful <laughs> and then there's also physical boundaries right you can get up and shut a door especially like in the workplace setting if someone is being loud and that can be a boundary that you enforce but it doesn't involve another person and so I think that they're, they can be as complex or as simple, I think, as you want them to be. But I do think for a lot of people, it's intangible and they lack that, I think, awareness and like probably to what you're like saying at the beginning, someone is very, if you're reactive in your responses, that's a really good indicator that there is a boundary that needs to be established, but you haven't yet. So if like consistently someone's like don't yell at me don't yell at me it's like what we need to look at like how you can show up and like navigate this situation not that you tolerate disrespect by any means but that you how you can advocate for yourself in that process before that even gets there and communicate that boundary so you pointed out something that's very important that i didn't mention but you talked about different types of boundaries Mm -hmm. So right there, you just mentioned what about three, yeah. <laughs> the emotional ones, the physical, physical and like expression of expectations. And like, of course, like, that's kind of like overarching. Like you can have I mean, you can have right. time, schedule, financial, like physical, you know, relational. Like there's a, there's all these you can go down to so many. Yeah. So yeah. Tracks. Would you consider the emotional ones to be personal boundaries? Yeah. Because those you'd be working with, and that's a great way to look at some things. When you are becoming aware of how you interact with other humans and looking at where the boundary needs to be set, which brings us around to that. What do you do when you want to, how do I set a boundary or how do I even begin to think about a boundary? 
I think that could be one of the steps that you take is to examine the situation once you're out of it to see if you want to set a boundary with the other human or if you need to set a boundary with yourself. And I think that's beautiful because I had not even thought about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's just, it's really like, it's the boundaries for you are to meet your needs, like to help you take care of yourself. And so if you can like, if you're unsure where you need boundaries in your life or even per, like, especially at work, but in relationships too, it's like, what's going on here where I feel like a need isn't being met. Like mm-hmm. in the case of like an argument or like having a tough conflict with someone, it's like, there's some sort of safety situation need that is mm-hmm. present there that like needs to be addressed. So how can you create that layer yeah. of protection yeah. for yourself? Yeah. And I believe that what one mentioning that too is, um, a lot of people don't like to set boundaries because they think boundaries separate. And I believe that it's the total opposite. Um, And as you say, it is to protect yourself, but it's also to protect the other person from receiving your response Mm -hmm. in that given situation. Because if somebody is coming to yell at me and I don't have a boundary established, I might yell back or I might even become aggressive depending on the situation. So um, that's a great one. That's a good one. Um, You asked at the beginning too, like what the, why it's hard. And I think you just touched on exactly like outside of it being kind of like mysterious, intangible, how. Yeah. The other side of that, which, you know, maybe goes beyond the context of this conversation (laughs) is what we think boundary, like what are the consequences of setting boundaries, not for the other person, but for us, right? Like it right. often stems from like childhood, like rejection, avoidant mm-hmm. type of people pleasing behaviors, right? That is also right. why, yeah. clients, like why it's hard to set boundaries, especially at work, fearing mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. will happen if you do that. And in a lot of cases, we make this up to be something much bigger than maybe it would be, but it also depends on how you communicate that boundary too is the the outcome of it yeah 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 you're right and then i will as usual i always throw in the little bit of the if you have suffered from some type of trauma this particular thing can seem very scary and very difficult to do and in that case i would say hey listen it's not you you're not afraid of the boundaries but there's a little bit of work that needs to be done before you start establishing boundaries because when do you start establishing boundaries. I think that um, for me, I would think that someone inevitably has to look within themselves mm-hmm. to find um, whatever it is that that person needs at the time to communicate effectively, because sometimes we can't express our emotions. We can't express our needs or our wants because we don't even know those. Mm-hmm. So that would go into another type of conversation, but it does kind of give you an idea of if you don't know how to set boundaries or are afraid to set boundaries, it gives you an idea of what to look for to give you at least that little bit of the push to start. Yeah. I always say like, if you have friction in your life in any like relationship or area, like workload, you know, and you feel like you need to say no, I'm not a big fan of the no is a complete sentence. I'll be honest. Like in some oh my cases, gosh. absolutely. But that's jumping. Wait, wait. That's jumping into one of the questions <laughs> I have sorry, for sorry. you. I, I wanted to throw those in, but this is a great time to bring it in. Is no a boundary? I had one person reach out and say, hey, when you talk about boundaries, can you guys ask this question? And I was like, yay. Is no a boundary? What are your thoughts on that? So 
I don't love it, but I'll provide some context. So I also kind of operate within this, like, I think that they all exist on a spectrum. And if you're just getting started with boundaries, this might be really helpful for you. It doesn't have to be a non-negotiable at first. It can be flexible. It can be more structured. It can be more rigid, or it can be a non-negotiable. So if you have a non-negotiable boundary, like for example, a man coming up and touching me without permission is a non-negotiable for me. I'm married, not okay. That would, no, it's fine. Like that would be a physical, like, like, no, no, thank you. Like, I think that can absolutely be a boundary. I think it's more so the question is like, where does it fall on that like spectrum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is going to dictate your response. So if you had a more flexible boundary, let's say at work, the your thought process for that day was, I'd like to leave work at 5 p.m. so I can X, Y, Z. And they ask you to stay a little bit longer like that's up to you to decide, like, I can't, you communicate, right? I can stay for 15 more minutes. That would not really make sense for you to be like, no, I can't if it wasn't a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had to go pick up your child at a certain time and it was a non-negotiable, no, I'm sorry, can be a boundary. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to be sorry? That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no. You don't have to be. No, it can be. I think it just depends. I'm not saying sorry. I'm sorry. You're sorry. (laughs) Consider your non-negotiables and that will dictate what that looks like. But in general, I do feel like, especially if you're trying to establish boundaries with people that you've known for a really long time, whether it's in the workplace, relationships, like it's my opinion that you do really owe someone a bit of a background as to why you are showing up or enforcing differently or enforcing this boundary now just because if they have known you your whole life let's say it's your sister and they've always made this one comment over and over again and you've never said anything about it and now it's creating so much resentment and frustration that's a good indicator you need a boundary Uh uh-huh and you just coming off the handle one day and being like you know what like please stop saying like and being very you know is not necessarily like going to benefit that other person or you in that conversation and then that's likely going to have them distance from you mm-hmm. and it's going to put a bad taste in your mouth when it comes to boundary setting yeah but if you, resentment. To, if you were to come to that person and say you know what i'm really like thinking about this term that you are using like here's how i see it i in, would appreciate it if you didn't use that again like kind of having a more neutral and like that can be the starting point of it yeah received or not if it continues to happen we up the ante a little bit if this continues i'm gonna have to disengage like from these conversations you know like you don't have to say it like that but yeah. whatever your words are but you can kind of like start small there as well or use that i i was calling the emotional boundary an invisible boundary mm-hmm. yeah. i personally have tried to establish a boundary with a human and they weren't listening mm-hmm. and i tried a total of three times i gave myself three times and it didn't work. So I created an invisible boundary. What is an invisible boundary? This person starts talking about other people and I voice my concern about not wanting to talk about other people. They continue to talk about other people. I disengage. Mm-hmm. Say So it is an invisible boundary that I set for myself, but it really is um, the same type of boundary that you explained earlier in the conversation. Mm-hmm. You're also modeling that for that person too. And they like, re- depending on their level of awareness as well, well yeah. 
they'll be able to potentially pick up on your invisible boundary and adjust accordingly or not. That is a very good point because that's exactly what has happened because we're talking about a boundary that I set what about a year and a half ago. And the person doesn't talk to me about other people any longer. And we have really great conversations all because I upheld my end of that invisible boundary because they didn't hear me, but they probably did hear me. Mm-hmm. And to their defense, it's not that they wanted to be defensive or you know afraid. I don't know what type of traumas the other people have. And maybe that was scary for them. And at the time I didn't know this, so I didn't even ask permission to have this conversation which is a good time to bring up this point about asking permission to have these conversations. Um, So when you're going to set a boundary with someone, it's very important that you, that the boundary is clear for you, that you're very clear around that boundary and it's beneficial to both parties to announce that, Hey, can we have a conversation about something that I have in mind um, about what happened between you and I at certain times so that the person can come prepared and they're not hypervigilant or afraid and they come in a defensive mode because they don't know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very helpful. What would you say about that? No, I agree. I think that you gave a really good framework when you described that scenario too, just like you gave it three chances and it was something that you picked on probably what, like, I guess I've I'm a question for you, like how many interactions did it take for you to get to the point of giving three more chances before you realize like these interactions with this person are le- leaving you feeling a certain way? So I took into consideration who the person was and if I con- if I wanted them in my life, I took their age into consideration and I took me into consideration as well because I was going into it nervous too. Um, so maybe the, my delivery wasn't the best and being aware of how you're feeling and how you're coming into a situation is helpful when you do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, it goes back into that being clear around my boundary was helpful because many times people aren't clear on the boundaries. So you're not clear. So therefore you can't express them clearly. So therefore the person doesn't know when they cross them. And um, in that case, well, I wasn't very clear with my boundary um, up until I established what exactly it was and how it how they work. That's when I started working. So to answer your question, I took those things into consideration for myself yeah. and to decide because I have cut people off because they've crossed my boundaries and they didn't even get a, like I cut you off and you didn't even get a, a goodbye email or a goodbye text. It's just like. I'm out and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is like something that just happens. I think, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this too, but it, it does get a little, you can expect that you may find different people in your life when you start to initiate in the process of setting boundaries. But I also think that when you do that, you not that specifically, but when you don't, and that resentment builds, like you said, like this can create a much larger issue. And so in this case, like you said, you still talk to this person mm-hmm. and is actually protected your relationship. And I think that's really important for people to hear. I feel this way, like about a lot of people in my life, especially my family members that boundaries, like in the moment, maybe were hard or like felt uncomfortable, but ultimately did protect the relationship. 
so that there wasn't like a big blow up that led to years of not talking or, you know, just a taking, saying things you can't take back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're establishing boundaries, it brings up other conversations, Um, especially when you are working on creating like a safe space while you're setting those boundaries by asking questions. It doesn't have to be like some, when we go into conversations and this kind of goes down the, the route of the relationship side of the conversations, but boundaries have to do with relationships, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's with your family, it comes down to, and I just forgot what I was going to say, <laughs> of creating a safe space means, okay, I, it came back to me. It's when you're going into a conversation, nine times out of 10, people don't, people think of those as hard conversations. They think of them as confrontation. Mm -hmm. And it's because a lot of times, and I say this with the experience of the people that I have coached and the people that I have talked to that say something along the lines of, I, I go in there defensive because one of us always has to back down and it doesn't have to be that way. I can meet you halfway. You can have a conversation where you talk about what works for you, what works for me, what doesn't work for you, what doesn't work for me, and then what works for both of us. And both of us can come up with ideas where each party leaves the conversation feeling fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said something really crucial a while back too though and you're like do i want this person in my life or like how important is this person and that's also going to dictate that right mm -hmm. like it, it like what you were describing is very much like boundaries on both sides and a compromise in between kind of because it's mm -hmm. worth it to do so especially in the context of like work or like crappy friends that like are just not helpful you know like right really, really <laughs> wild or something like then it's like a conversation. Is it just one of those like invisible boundaries that I mm -hmm. establish? And like this person is no longer, I'm not giving energy to this anymore. And a, like the safe space is actually just only within yourself. And it, it's yeah, invisible, invisible boundary. And then I do my disappearing act. <laughs> Irish exit. Goodbye. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think this is a great conversation and great topics. I do have, um, another question for you. Yeah, go for it. Um, but then I want to jump into the, um, I was going to jump into the steps, but I do have something else to add, but I do have a question for you. In your experience, what do people struggle with the most when setting boundaries in the workplace? I think that just in general, a lack of boundaries in the workplace is what they struggle with the most, but particularly when it comes to workload and time. So can you take on this extra thing? Sure, why not? When you really don't have the capacity to do that or, you know, can you stay longer or can you cover this meeting, you know, and saying yes. And I think that that just really comes down to the fear of backlash in the workplace. And that's a very valid concern. I will say that because it does, there are employers that don't take well to that. But what I, what I find most often, it's that the person themselves is more afraid of it than what the actual consequence of it is. They will work it up very, like a lot in their head, and then they go and actually do it for the first time. And the, it's the response is like, okay, like, we'll just ask someone else or like, yeah, no problem. You can go home early. Like any of that. And it's like, oh, okay. And that's, a, I mean, it's, a, we, 
often perceive it as a little more like you mentioned like it's a difficult you know confrontational conversation but there is a way that you can do boundaries and like implement them poorly especially at work not respectfully coming off aggressive but there's also a way that you can navigate it that aligns with your values how you want to show up that you feel good about and that the other person receives well and i think that's where people get a little hung up yeah no that's interesting because I teach something completely different than what you teach, but it's the exact same answer. Mm -hmm. They're fearful of the thing. They're fearful of the conversation. And again, it's because there's a narrative around setting boundaries and boundaries are negative and boundaries are not negative. I think that um, once you break those things down and I am going to break those down for you, but I, before I do that, I want to bring up, when it's not a boundary problem, because some people want to set a boundary and, hey, I am going to take the heat on this one because this was me. It's not a boundary when you want your significant other to take the trash out before it overflows. <laughs> <laughs> An expectation versus a boundary. <laughs> we, my boundary was that he needs to take the garbage out or I'm going to be mad at him for the rest of the night or the day or the week. I mean, all jokes aside, but I have another one um, because it's related to workplace. I would like for my boss to give me praise all the time. Not a boundary, not a boundary <laughs> issue. I want my friends to remember my birthday and magically know what I want for my birthday. Not a boundary. Mm -mm, but that one is also a good one of you can express communication about that. And like in the future, you can decide if I have a friend that doesn't remember my birthday, then I'm going to have a conversation about how this makes me feel. Like that is something that you can extend into. Because that could potentially become your boundary in a yeah. friendship. Yes. It's yeah. not a boundary problem when somebody doesn't remember your birthday because yeah. it the, the word that was in there was magically because we don't know that that's what you want. So if you don't express what you want and what your needs are, then it doesn't work. But I wanted to throw that out there before I go into the steps on how to set one. But before I do that, do you have any questions or comments that you want to add? I, I just I know that it's super hard. I feel like it can be really isolating when you are in this process. And I think it's like always just kind of a learning situation. Yeah. And you I mean. For me personally, I think it's just come with a lot of like funerals, honestly, for people and like relationships, because it, if you're to the point where you have to set a boundary so strong that the person particularly is no longer involved like in your life or certain aspects of your life, then it's probably because they were benefiting from whatever that was. So whether you're always saying yes to everything or you're always their venting person or, you know, like something like that, then it does become difficult to like say goodbye to those people as you move yeah. forward. And I think that that's something that just, and that is a scary part of it. Right. Yeah. But I think what happens on the flip side of that is just so much like again, safer, better for you. It is, not put coming away from every interaction like having so much like tension and i'm like there have been a lot of like things you've had to let go but the 
the value of that now and like having very little to no drama in my life because of that is huge because to think about all of the other stressors that just naturally come with life and then to consider like what if i didn't have established these boundaries with work or clients or you know other people that would add on to it and that resentment continues to grow like that's so much more stressful to me at least personally than to have keep certain people around that are just continuing to like disrespect what you are communicating is making you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I will say it's not going to feel worse than what you're feeling now without having the boundaries. Yeah. It's hard, but it's not going to feel worse than what you're feeling. Yeah. 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 For sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I'm going to put these out here and please feel free to interject at any time questions, comments, or whatever comes up. So um, the way that I put it down was establish a boundary was crossed that, so that needs to be communicated first. So establish that your boundary was crossed and communicate that to the person. Um, Let the person know, um, communicate the request, meaning I noticed when you were expressing yourself earlier, you were yelling at me. I would like to ask for you not to yell while we're having conversations. Then let the person know what you're going to do if the person doesn't honor your request. And I'm going to stop right there for a second because I do believe that sometimes, if that's Kelsey said, but she said it in a different language earlier, is when you express that thing to someone, maybe it just immediately stops. They're like, oh my God, I did not notice that. I just, my tone of voice maybe got high. I didn't, I'm, I so apologize for that. And that is like the end of it. The person will never do it again. So that it starts with that. Um, and again, it's not about you letting the person know what they're going to do when you're completing your boundary. It's about telling them what you're going to, what you're going to do if they don't um, honor your request. Because people confuse boundaries with controlling other people and their behaviors, and then they set boundaries incorrectly because of it. And then it doesn't work. And they're like, I don't use boundaries because they don't work. They make things worse. Mm -hmm. um, so I repeat, <laughs> boundaries not used to control the humans. It is used to protect yourselves and those you love. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, do what you say you're going to do if the boundary is crossed. That's a big one. Yeah, especially for parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Um, I love that. I would say almost like a step before the first one mm -hmm. is that like, and this is all why everybody, everyone's in coaching with you is to like, you have to have that awareness that that was even something that like triggered you or that like you found like friction or so that would be like, if you're finding like, I don't know who or to set a boundary with or like how, it's just kind of like do some reflection on like how these interactions are making you feel is in there somewhere. I don't know what step it is. Yes, no, it, it is. It really is like, that's a great point because it is at the beginning and it's what you and I were talking about earlier in the conversation when you can stop and figure out if it's you need to establish a boundary with the person or is this a boundary that I need to establish with myself? Mm -hmm. So that is a great point. And I'm glad you brought that up because that could be the beginning of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I love your steps. I also like the consequent, like, here's what you can expect. Um, I think another way to frame like the actual communication could be 
I don't allow people to interact with me this way in conversation. If this continues, I'll have to leave it. And then that's truly on you. That's not anyone else's any requesting anything from them. now, of course, like if you're in a dangerous situation and you need to tell someone no or stop, like that's not what we're talking about. But I think because that can be a little sometimes like I wasn't yelling. I'm just like com communicating enthusiastically or like I'm not sure what you mean by like always coming across a certain way. And it's like it's the energy. Like the energy. Culturally, yes, you're yeah. absolutely right about that because we like Puerto Ricans, we like, you put Puerto Ricans in a room and we're like, oh, <laughs> and then the neighbors are like calling the cops because everybody's like, all oh, the commotions are like, we're just talking. <laughs> we thought you were arguing. So yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Do you have anything else to add? I think just I think like initial going into things and interactions, like as much as you can, I know you're coming from a place of like, I'm trying to establish this for myself, but also curiosity, curiosity over yes. like, is going to be yes. so important in this and communicating respectfully, especially in the workplace. And like for those, for those relationships that you really do care about and you want to protect, like coming from a place of like genuine wanting to understand like why they're operating that way. Or if, if that's not the case or doesn't apply, like just making sure that it's, you're doing so in a way that you're going to leave that interaction, regardless how they respond, but you know, you showed up how you wanted to in that situation. You know, yes. listening ear, like understanding as well. And I think that that's important, especially because, especially at work, like you can't just go saying no to things, your boss or other people, or you, you also have to consider the impact on the team and other things. Like if you're never like helping when you said you would, you know, that kind of stuff. So I agree. I agree. And I will say that when you do that too, you can also, people think that they need to hash out things just like we're going to hash this out now. We're not going to, we're not going to leave here until we're done. Um, set a timer. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this for 15 minutes. And if we don't have a resolution, let's take a 15 minute break and come back and talk for another 15 minutes. Yeah. That has been a great recipe for some of my clients where I have said, listen, it doesn't have to be all hashed out. And this thing about where you can't go to bed mad at each other, just that's another story, bullshit story, but you can do that too. You can go into the conversation and say, hey, I have 15 minutes to talk about this. If we don't have a resolution, don't think that I'm just going to push it under the rug and we're going to keep moving. We can continue to talk about this at another time. Let's mm -hmm. set a time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That is, I thank you for coming. That's it. <laughs> that's all. How long have we been talking? I think we're it. We're probably, what, only 40 minutes? Oh, we're 40 minutes in. Yeah. Um, but I want you to tell the humans where they can find you. Um, yes, I am the seamless coach on all things. So Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, www.theseamlesscoach.com. That is where you can find me. I have a lot of fun content on boundaries, especially at work. Um, I have trainings, I have resources. So yeah. So awesome. I will, since she said that so fast. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's, I will put everything in the show notes. You will find all of our information, email, questions, comments. But I think this is a really good segue into establishing if you're using boundaries correctly. And if not, start using them, how to start using them and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And I hope to have you back soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.